Good morning. My name is Reverend Jennifer Debesk Elviar. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister and proud member of East Shore Unitarian Church. We gather together in worship to practice love, explore spirituality, build community, and promote justice. We acknowledge this land is the traditional territory of the Duwamish people. In this acknowledgement, we recognize their heritage is imbued in the mountains, valleys, waterways, and shorelines that surround us all. May we nurture our relationship with our Coast Salish neighbors, especially the Duwamish people and our shared responsibilities to this place of their homelands. This morning, it is a great honor for me to introduce our guest speaker, Kari Wendell McClellan. He is originally from Detroit, now based in Vancouver, BC. He is a multidisciplinary artist and creative facilitator with a nonprofit called Partners for Youth Empowerment, Pi Global. Kari is gifted in bringing communities together through experiential and arts-based activities, often utilizing storytelling and music in order to ignite people's commitment towards social change. As a musician, Kari's Freedom Singer album is a true celebration of Black history. This album is a collection of rare and forgotten songs by fugitive slaves that Kari interprets through many styles and genres. Using folk, gospel, country, hip-hop, and soul, Kari's songs joyfully invoke the spirit of his ancestors who straddled the U.S.-Canadian border in an effort to escape slavery and discrimination. With his Freedom Singer album, Kari has built a bridge from the 1800s to the present day. He is also a band member of Vancouver-based gospel group, The Sojourners. I warmly welcome Kari, as well as all our visitors, friends, and members of this congregation for this special musical worship service. Hello and good morning, everyone. Ah, what a nourishment it is to be with you this Sunday morning. Really fills my heart. Makes me feel good to know that I'm in community with you all this morning. And I know it visually looks a bit more like the Brady Bunch than a circle. Uh, I do feel that sense that we are encircled together, that we could almost join hands and look into each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. Feel that sense of connection and community that we are all missing to some extent, some more than others. Some people are enjoying a little bit of the solitude while others really are missing missing out on the opportunity to be with friends and family. And so this opportunity to be with you all is such a blessing, such a gift that you took the time to, to be here with me. My name is Kari Wendell McClelland. And um, yeah, there's... I was just trying to think what would I want you to know about me before I share. I think I'd want you to know that I was raised in the crucible of Black women's love. 
that I was born in Detroit and raised on the West side. And that for a time, um, that seemed like the world to me. The small home that I grew up in. I actually want to show you a picture of, of the home that I grew up in so that you might see, um, see where I grew. Yeah, that's, that's the home that my grandmother raised me in, my, my mother and my grandmother. And, and, uh, you know, it was a humble, a humble place. My grandmother bought that home for $13,000. And, um, you know, she spent most of her life, uh, working as a domestic servant in white folks' homes. And, you know, that, uh, at that time was very common. I think 65% of the women, black women in America worked as domestic servants. And so the possibility that her daughters would both go to university, that I would live so far away from that home in some way speaks to a kind of progress, a kind of change, uh, that has occurred. And um, for that, I am grateful. You know, the fact that we are all here together in this space, you know, I can imagine that if our grandmothers collectively could see us in this space, they would probably have their minds blown. I don't think they'd be able to even imagine this possibility, you know. I don't know all of, of your backgrounds. I don't know where all of you come from, but uh, I know that there's been so much change in a relatively short amount of time. And there is still more change to come, I hope. Before I go uh, much further, I would like to acknowledge that I'm coming to you from the lands of the Squamish, the Tsleil-Waututh and the Squamish people. And you might know this place is Vancouver, British Columbia. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. A place that's been a healing balm for me as I made my way from that small house that you saw on Detroit's west side to here. And the thing that I understand to have been um, absolutely necessary in guiding me so far away from the smallness of that home uh, is a recognition of, uh, of beauty, a deep kind of observation and listening that allowed me to capture beauty, to see uh, in people, in places, in things, the human and the non-human, an ability to actually see what was beautiful in the world. At times when things were quite dark, and I love that, that we, uh, we lit a candle together because we need, we need the light. We need the light. And especially in times like these where it's so, so dark at times, you know, without getting into any of the details of the, you know, the present political situation or the environmental issues that we're facing, the pandemic. There's so many uh, reasons why one might feel a little anxious. One might feel downhearted. And yet we are here 
lighting candles, singing songs, praying, sharing our stories of joy and sorrow. And uh, I hope that I can actually invoke this idea of dance that was spoken to earlier. I wanna share a song with you. And um, I'm going to actually print uh, or put the lyrics in the chat. Um, they may or may not be in a great format, <laughs> but I, I hope it'll be uh, legible enough for you to join me. And if you're unable to join me in singing, I would ask that you um, consider doing the motions with me. And this is this idea of dance. It's nothing too uh, elaborate, um, but I think that that connection to body is essential to our wellness, to our healing, um, and to our collective imaginings. I think when we can play together, when we can be in our bodies in a playful way, I think also we can make a world that's a little bit different than the one that we're in right now. So I will share uh, the song and some motions and I'll sing it a, a, a few times through, but while I'm doing so, I'd ask if you can copy the motions. So even in this moment right now, I'm gonna ask you if you can just do this to the screen. Just put your two hands forward to the screen. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm gonna ask you if you can do this almost like you're stirring a pot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then let's pretend that we're asleep for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're waking up. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And then we're having a good laugh. <laughs> Got our stomach, hand on our stomach and our chest. We're having a good laugh. Beautiful. And then let's see some rain coming down. Yeah. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you know about the rain. And then how glorious the sun can be when it comes out. Yeah. Fantastic. So I will sing the song. Please join in as you sort of get a, an idea around it. You'll, re, you'll recognize that, uh, the phrase, I'm gonna, I'm gonna is gonna come around many, many times. And, uh, if you can just do the motions with me when I do them, that would be wonderful. So I'll sing the song now. I'm gonna let life move me. I'm gonna let life stir me deep. I'm gonna let life wake me from this ancient sleep. I'm gonna laugh all my laughter. I'm gonna cry all my tears. I'm gonna love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. Wow, beautiful. So I'm gonna do this a couple of more times. And now you kind of got, got the melody a little bit. I'm gonna let life move me. Hey, I'm gonna let life stir me deep. Right? Okay. So we're gonna do this again a couple of times and uh, allow yourself to play in it. Allow yourself to have fun with it. Um, you know, do your own version wherever you're at. Um, so here we go. Two more times. I'm gonna let life move me. I'm gonna let life stir me deep. 
I'm going to let life wake me from this ancient sleep. I'm going to laugh all my laughter. I'm going to cry all my tears. I'm going to love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. We'll do that again. I'm going to let life move me. I'm going to let life stir me deep. I'm going to let life wake me from this ancient sleep. I'm going to laugh all my laughter. I'm going to cry all my tears. I'm going to love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. I'm going to love the rain. I'm going to love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. One more time. I'm going to love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. Yes. Beautiful. Woo. Fantastic. What a gorgeous group you are. Oh, I wish that we could be in the same room so that I could embrace you, so that I could see you a little more closely, so that we could hold hands. But I do have the faith that it won't be long. It won't be long before we can. And I just wanted to uh, bring forward this idea of ancestors and you might have have heard me say or recognize in that last video i got everyone to say my great 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 grandmother's uh name her name is kizzy and i'm going to ask you all to do that with me now on the count of three her name is kizzy k-i-z-z-y so here we go one two three kizzy yeah, thank you so much. And I ask you to say that with me because it gives me a sense of who I am, where I come from. And sometimes when I feel despondent, I feel that uh, I can stand up a little bit taller. Feel like I, I have a right to be here, that I'm worthy. And uh, in that uh, same vein, I would love it for us all to think of an ancestor in this moment. And I, um, I ask for you to maybe expand your sense of what that can mean. Because I think there are a lot of people who don't necessarily have a blood relative who they know, they may be adopted, they may have been a foster child, they may have had very um, negative experiences with their biological family. So. What I'm going to do is expand that definition to the people who loved you into existence. You know, maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was, you know, that one teacher who saw you and who could recognize your beauty and capacity. Maybe it was an auntie. Maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe it was even somebody in a book who you read about, you know. Maybe you were a young uh, gay kid and, and you didn't feel like you were accepted or that people would love you for who you were. And you read Oscar Wilde or James Baldwin and you were like, oh my gosh, I feel like it's okay to be me. 
And so whoever those people are in your life, maybe let's just think of one ancestor, one person who might have loved you, who saw you, who could see your beauty, who could see your capacity, maybe in a world where many others did not. Think of one person, just one person, and see if you can get their their face or their voice or maybe what it felt like to have their hand touch you. Just think if you can bring that to your mind. Who is that one person? Mm -hmm. And so what I would like for us to do is I'd like for us to all unmute and say that name into the room. And I'll, on the count of three, on the count of three, so one, two, three. Beautiful. David Mitchell. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And now we can, and now we can mute again. And what I would ask is just to recognize what that feels like. What does it feel like to say those names, to hear those names, even if it's a little bit of a cacophony of sound and we can't hear every individual name, just knowing that we're all here because of the love of other people because someone during our lifetime saw us. That's such a powerful, powerful recognition, a powerful, powerful understanding, both for what it means to us, but also the gift that we have to give others. Right? You know, I remember a, a teacher Miss Miss Gibson, who I just felt so despondent. You know, I was maybe 12 or 13. I felt as though I was so alone. And she just, you know, she could see me. She could see my beauty. She could see my capacity. She could see my worth. And she took that extra time. She stayed with me after class. And she said, you know, I can see how how strong you are as a writer. I can see your imaginative capacities. I can see you doing such great things. And I'm going to, um, again, bring back the frame of that, that house that we saw earlier. And what you can't see in that picture is one, it is such a, it was a place of such warmth. My grandmother uh, she would make these incredible meals and like, it didn't matter what time of day or night I would get home and she, and this is, you know, into my twenties, she just always had food ready for me. Somehow within 15 minutes, there was a complete meal. It was like a magic trick or something. Her embrace, I can see her hands right now. I can feel the warmth of her touch and embrace. And she, her arms, I remember when I was a small child, there were kind of, you know, there was a lot of fat on her arms. And I just remember just loving it, you know, just like 
nestling my my face into into the coolness and the beauty of her skin, of her arms. Just remember that feeling so loved and so seen and so safe. She never turned me away, no matter what. And I was imperfect. And I think we all want that kind of love, you know. But I, I ask you to turn toward this picture of this house because I want you to know that this house was in the middle of a very, very violent neighborhood. It was in the middle of a place that was, um, I heard gunshots nearly every single day that I woke, that I, that I lived in that house. And there were times when my grandmother actually pulled me into a closet because she was so worried about my safety. And that's a small space. Violence can be incredibly isolating. And, you know, my example is just one example, but unfortunately there are far, far too many people that are living in circumstances of poverty and isolation and whose world feels really, really small. And for whatever reason, um, I always had this incredible imagination and I think I can identify the reason why it was my grandmother and my mother. They just, they, they're both of the, them drew, they painted, both of them loved to dance. They loved to sing. They played music all the time. And they were really, um, my grandmother was, would play theater games with me. They, she didn't call it that, but make believe she just did that with me all the time in a way that, um, you know, when I was, when I was a child, even the other side of Detroit seemed like so far away. And, you know, my neighborhood was, was so bad that my grandmother and mother didn't let me play more than two houses on either side of me. Like I couldn't leave the block without being accompanied by them. And yet, you know, as I, as I stand here before you, part of what I have experienced is seeing so much of the world through music and through the work that I've done as a facilitator with groups of youth. And sometimes I, I, I have these moments where um, my grandmother has passed away, but I have these moments. I remember one time I was on a very small plane. I was going into an indigenous community in Northern British Columbia called Bella Coola. And there were mountains on both sides of me in this small plane. I could see a waterfall. I could see a bear in the distance. And I, it, I was so overwhelmed by the beauty. The only thing I could think was, oh, I wish I could hold my grandmother's hand right now. I wish she could see through my eyes. I was seeing, I was seeing the world in a way that I don't think she would have been able to imagine. But I think that gift of imagination and creativity that she gave to me allowed me to make it to Bella Coola, to make it to Uganda, to make it to Egypt, to make it to Germany and France and Belgium 
the Netherlands, the UK, all across the United States, all across Canada, Australia. These are the places that I've seen. And I, I say that because I want you to be able to see a world that's larger than the world that you're in right now. A world that's full of the kind of love and embrace that I described, that sense of trust and warmth. And not just for yourself, but for everybody in this congregation, everybody in this circle, and not just everybody in this circle, because there are so many people who are missing from this circle, but all of the circles that extend outward. I know that too often we see people on the street who we see as uh, needing nourishment, who don't have what they need. They don't have homes. They don't have the kind of food they need. They don't have the kind of love that they need in their life. And again, I want us to imagine a world in which that is possible. I want us to imagine a much larger sense of possibility. And so as I begin to bring this to a close, I want us to actually, if we need to close our eyes to be able to do it, I, I'm very serious when I say I really want you to imagine into a possibility of what your home could be like, of what your relationships could be like, what your community and neighborhood could be like. I know at the beginning of this pandemic, a lot of people found themselves connecting with neighbors, connecting with family, connecting with people in a way that they hadn't before because we were so busy that we could kind of forget about all the people that were around us, but how the pandemic actually made us have to really stop for a moment and think. And so I want you to think about, you know, in many ways, this has been a, an opportunity for pause, for breath. I think the song that we heard earlier had that word breath in it. And so like, again, in this moment, let's just take a moment to breathe and to imagine into the kind of love that we want to experience, the kind of connections we want to experience. And so, yes, if it's good for you to close your eyes for a moment, I ask you close your eyes. That helps you to see better. Think about the ways that you might love the people who are closest to you, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your community. And, and see if you can get really, really clear about what that might look like. Is that more time together? Is that turning off the TV? Is that putting down the cell phone? Is that writing that letter? Is that making that extra bit of food so someone else might have something? Is it just calling that person and listening? Is it stopping for a moment for the person who's on the street who you may never see again, but you just want to acknowledge their humanity? What are those things that you might do just a little bit differently? Look into your own heart. Just take a moment. 
and I feel tearful as I, as I imagine this, this world. Tearful for the grief that I feel for those, including myself, who in moments feel that sense of lack of love, of care, of connection. And also tears of joy for the possibility that we might bring into this world a fruition of a greater love, a greater love inside of ourselves and between each other. And so I'm going to ask you, I know this is a bit presumptuous, but I'm actually going to ask you to maybe to, to think of one, one action you could take. One, just one action. It could be so simple that you could take to move closer in the direction of your dreams, of that imagined possibility. What's one thing that you could do? One thing you could do. And I'm going to ask us to populate the chat with these possibilities. You know, and and I offer, yeah, love more. I love it. You know, and maybe this is a relationship to the natural world too. Maybe you want to plant a garden. Maybe you want to make this world more beautiful. Maybe you want to uh, create a, a hive for bees to be able to grow and po pollinate. Oh, and people aren't being lovable. Right, awesome. every day. I love it. Yeah, gardens, do more for others. Embody the imagination and creativity. Be a connector and an advocate within my neighborhood. Yeah, lean, lean into the unknown. It can be scary, but we're just going to be courageous. We're going to lean in, draw, paint, be curious. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Try not to be afraid to help. Mm -hmm. Smile at people I don't know. Stay on the razor's edge of change. Reach out in a new way to my grandchildren. Laugh every day. Yes. Yes. Lead with empathy. Seek where the spirit is in motion in the world and help. Sing and dance more with others. I just love all of these examples. Love them. And for me, these are seeds. These are seeds. One of the words that I really appreciated hearing today was accountably. How can we be accountable? I think all of these are examples that we can be accountable. How we can be accountable to ourselves. Maybe we need to reach out for ourselves, but also for the other. I think often, um, you know, we, we have to put the mask on ourselves first before we can help others. We have to, you know, care for ourselves in ways before we can care for others. I also want to uplift the role of the witness. And you've been doing all such a fantastic job of that so far today. 
um, during the joys and sorrows, their celebration and uh, and uh, grievances uh, moment, that witness to really be authentic and honest about the truth of where we are in our in our lives, and to just hold that for one another. That's such a beautiful gift to give. And I felt that throughout my time with you today, felt such a strong uh, sense of your witness, of your holding, of your listening, of your observation, of your care. For me, a stranger in your midst, I feel so much gratitude uh, for this opportunity to be with you. And when I sang that song to you earlier, um, I felt like it also connected really well to this idea of joys and sorrows. You know, we're gonna love the rain as deeply as the sun when it clears. Because there are gonna be uh, cloudy days. There are gonna be days when it storms and it rains. There are gonna be days when um, it's harder. And uh, we still need to be able to, to see the beauty. And in that same way that I described that, that little house with my grandmother and my mother and that closet even, how in that small, small dark space, how I still could see the beauty of possibility and imagination. I want you in whatever uh, darkness you might be moving through to hearken to those songs, to those creative possibilities, to those dances, to those prayers that might see you through. And so with that, I just wanna just share my incredible gratitude, um, a, a very wise indigenous friend of mine said that whenever we invoke the ancestors, um, and whenever we're in circle, I know this is more Brady Bunch style, but like I said, I feel like we're in circle. Whenever we're in circle and we invoke the ancestors, they are with us and they give us power and strength. And so whatever those seeds that you are planting, I believe in the power of those seeds. I believe in your imaginings, in your dreams, and your aspirations. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe those things can be real and true. And so uh, with that, I um, I just want to again say thank you, thank you, thank you. OCM, Ashe, may it be so. Um, I just want to take a moment just to relish in, in the beauty of your faces for, for just uh, one more moment. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>